Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's up? What's happening? Craig Hoffman with you tonight for Overtime here on The Fan. And we got a loaded show, guest-wise, coming up. Guests all over the place, including a great chat with Logan Paulson. We're going to dive into the tape. So I know Logan was on Grant and Danny a little bit earlier. We're going to do something a little bit different. For those of us, or those of you that have been listening to us on the pregame, we do a segment called Tale of the Tape every Sunday at 11.15. Well, Logan's not going to be here this Sunday because he's got a family vacation plan. He's going to be, he's going to game plan of how to not go insane with his kids at Disney World. Good luck to him on that. I, that's what I that's what I told him earlier. I was like, you, you sir, have made a choice. Ride number one is the plane, and that might be the easiest one. Good luck with the rest of the waiting in lines and the people and the the rides and all that. But anyway, football. Uh, we dive into three key plays from each game, and we break down the X's and O's. And try to use that as a informative thing of larger trends and what's happening and yada yada. So we're going to do that coming up at 7.15 and get some bigger thoughts from Logan as well on the Saints game coming up this weekend. Why he thinks the Saints game might actually be a bigger opportunity for a get right game than the Falcons game was. Uh, so we got that coming up. Speaking of nerdy tape stuff, if, this, if that's your jam, boy do I have you covered tonight. Mark Bullock, uh, formerly of the Washington Post and The Athletic, author of Mark Bullock's Tape Room, uh, which is a great Substack. Highly recommend subscribing. I'm reading it just about every day now uh, that the season has started. He uh, and I are going to chat. Actually, uh, I will give this away uh, because he is over in Europe. Uh, we chatted this morning because right now, uh, Mark's probably sleeping because that's how time zones work. So we chatted this morning. Uh, really cool, insightful stuff from him. Uh, including uh, some thoughts on Taylor Heineke and why he actually, after looking at the All-22 tape, feels a lot better than he did watching the game. Like, obviously they won, and there were some crazy plays that happened. But you look at some of those crazy plays on tape, and you completely understand what Heineke is doing. Uh, we're also going to talk to my buddy Mike Leslie down in Dallas. Now, we've got Mike scheduled. Uh for later in the show, nine o'clock hour, as we're with you all the way till ten tonight. We haven't done a lot of ten o'clock shows. We're gonna we're gonna test my ability to stay awake tonight, because a lot of these shows been ending at nine, and your boy winds down. The body clock's gonna be alert until ten tonight. But uh, at nine fifteen, we're gonna talk to Mike Leslie down in Dallas about Jalen Smith. Uh, we'll see if by nine fifteen tonight, Jalen Smith is still a free agent. Dallas releases him this morning, uh, and it looks like he may sign in Green Bay. Uh, I saw an Ian Rappaport already signed. Okay, so we, that did change in the last 15 minutes while I was putting together the rundown. That's good. Linnell, thanks for, for uh, hollering that in my ear. So uh, Green Bay's got Jalen Smith, but why did Dallas release him, and why would Green Bay 
side him? Like, what was the the downfall? So we'll talk to Mike about that coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh, that story broke that he was going to sign uh, right after Mike and I decided to chat. So we'll see what's still relevant by later in the show, but we'll get there. We'll also, last guest, and then we'll dive into some actual content here, not just a, a rundown. We actually have things on the rundown on the show. Uh, the biggest story, arguably, in sports right now, um, in terms of importance, the landscape, larger topics, is what's going on in the NWSL, and a huge part of it is what's happening here in Washington with the Spirit. Uh, I know that I am definitely closer to this story than, well, most people, uh, not just in terms of caring, but like I used to work there. And last night, the players put out a letter telling the owner explicitly sell the team. And that is the kind of thing that just doesn't happen in sports. And there's a million reasons why it's happening. So I'm going to bring in Jason Anderson, uh, who, by the way, they, they did that less than 24 hours before they kick off a game. So they're in Philly tonight playing uh, Gotham, which is a team out of New York in Philly because it's Carly Lloyd's last or one of her last games. Uh, obviously, the U.S. Women's National Team legend, and she's a Philly girl. So she uh, they're having a, a game in Philly for her. Jason's there. What's the vibe? What does he make of this letter? Does he think it'll work? We'll get all that coming up at 7 o'clock right before that game kicks. Uh, and then we'll get back to some football. So, as I said, loaded show coming up today here on The Fan. Uh, Linnell just hit you in the update with probably the biggest Washington football news of the day, which is that Logan Thomas is going to be out for a while with that hamstring injury. Hamstrings, I, I like in a way, I'm encouraged by this. Because what tends to happen with hamstring injuries is they linger. And so what happens is you have a guy who's like, I have a hamstring injury. I need to let it rest. Oh, it feels better. And then you go and try to run and then you re-injure it. Because you can typically walk around with a hamstring strain just fine. You might even be able to, as you heal a little bit, jog with a hamstring strain just fine. But when you turn on the jets and you go to sprint, that's when you realize, oh, I'm not fine. It's a really bizarre injury that way because of the function of the hamstring muscle. It's kind of hard to tell until you go, but if you go, it could be too late. You could get hurt. And so the fact that they actually shut Logan Thomas down for a month when he was walking around relatively fine on the sidelines on Sunday is encouraging because it gives him the time to heal properly to go through every bit of injury protocol that is necessary to make sure that they don't rush him back and he doesn't re-injure that hamstring on his first full sp speed with adrenaline route on Sunday, next Sunday, the Sunday after. He's going to miss, as Linnell said in his update, basically a month. He's out at least three weeks as they put him on IR. They bring in Jace Sternberger. He's a vet. I got no file on Jace Sternberger other than he's been around, uh, but... As we'll talk about with Logan in a little bit, obviously a guy who knows the tight end position quite well. Uh, it's really going to come down to Ricky Seals-Jones replacing him in the passing game and John Bates replacing him in the run game. We'll see how much Sammy Reyes gets. We'll get uh, see what Sternberger, that, that could put Reyes uh, back off the active 53 uh, or the active uh, whatever it is now. They only have five inactives, so 53 minus five. Active 48 uh, used to be the 46 on, on Sunday. But it's, it's nice to have a vet that comes in. You can probably teach the playbook pretty quickly. Um, this is a playbook that's very familiar around the NFL. Uh, the, the coaching tree that Scott Turner comes from, obviously, with Norv uh, and, and everybody else, uh, very similar to some of the stuff that McVay and, and all those guys run, too. Uh, all these concepts play off of each other. So I'm encouraged that they're not rushing Thomas back. 
And I'm also encouraged, as I'm going to go into more detail next, with some other parts of this offense that I actually think are going to make this Logan Thomas loss really palatable and also excites you for when he gets back if this team can stay healthy until then. That's next, and we'll talk about the defensive struggles. So some positive, some negative on Washington football as we get things started here on Overtime on the Fan. It's Overtime on the Fan, Craig Hoffman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With you tonight, be joined by Jason Anderson. In just a few minutes, Jason Anderson of Black and Red United covers D.C. soccer as well as anybody. And he is in Philadelphia tonight for Washington Spirits game against Gotham uh, which is one of Carly Lloyd's final games in the league. But the, the real reason we want to have Jason on uh, is because of everything that is going on with Washington Spirit, including last night their players writing a letter publicly that they would like their owner to sell the team, which is a sentence that you do not say in professional sports basically ever. And so I would like to talk to Jason about that. Uh, but first, Washington football. And after some Washington football, uh, Logan Paulson joins us at 7.15. So the Logan Thomas injury hurts. Um, he is a really talented player, and obviously a tight end is a friendly target, especially on third downs. He's the kind of guy that you create matchups for and create matchups with. But the loss of Logan Thomas is so offset by Curtis Samuel coming back. And at the end of the day, what you have in football is a series of tasks that need to be accomplished. You need someone to block the defensive end. You need someone to be a friendly target in the intermediate areas against zone coverage. And if that player happens to be a tight end, okay. If that player happens to be a wide receiver, okay. You know, in the defensive end example, ideally that's your left or right tackle. Um, but if you have a tight end who's capable on any given play, like, that's great. Um, or you get really lucky and your tight end fails at blocking the defensive end. Your quarterback runs around like a maniac and throws the ball what looks like a Hail Mary into the end zone and Terry McLaurin catches it for the game-winning touchdown. Sometimes these things happen, 
But ideally, you have a series of tasks on any given play, and they need to be accomplished by someone. And you try to align your players in a way that their mission to accomplish that task is as easy as possible. Put less fancily, put less uh, less uppity, that's your matchups, right? And what's fantastic about a guy like Logan Thomas is he's too big for safeties and too fast for linebackers. So it's very easy to create favorable matchups. And on third down, for instance, in, in key situations where you need a guy who can get open on third and seven, he's the kind of guy that is often going to be able to do that for you. But what we saw on Sunday in a very limited number of snaps is Curtis Samuel can be that guy to an even higher degree than Logan Thomas. Now, of course, I'm not saying that like, well, that makes it easy. Just forget Logan Thomas for the rest of the year. Of course not. Like he's the guy that it, when he gets back is going to have an even easier time because it's harder to bracket him when Curtis Samuel is on the field with Terry McLaurin. But I think the impact of Samuel as a positive outweighs the negative of losing Logan Thomas. In other words, summarizing the last three minutes of modified rambling, this offense should be better over the next couple of weeks than it's been the previous couple of weeks. I don't know whether their point output is going to be the same because they face a couple of pretty poor defenses and putting up 30 is hard in the NFL. But against the Saints, could they easily do that? Without question. Their defense is good, um, but there's opportunities there. Because ultimately, Samuel's a guy that can line up one-on-one against anybody and separate. And that's really friendly for a quarterback like Heineke who loves the anticipation throw where you trust your guy to win. And sometimes like that can like there are some interceptions that happen when quarterbacks make good decisions and receivers just flat out don't win. And that happens a lot on choice routes where you trust a receiver is going to break in out or stop, you read the coverage a certain way and there's kind of a, a two part to the win one mentally do you make the right decision two physically do you actually create the separation and Curtis Samuel's really good at both and we saw it in such a limited capacity on Sunday that as his rep count goes up as he gets healthier I think that what this offense is capable of is is actually being really good and that doesn't solve the defensive problems completely but it helps them because part of the reason this offense struggled when it did over the first three weeks of the season was an inability to get first downs. Well, Curtis Samuel comes in and is a first down machine. So it keeps the defense off the field. It allows them to be fresh. It allows them to play better. Time of possession becomes a lot more even. The number of plays you run becomes a lot higher. And that allows for, for instance, more deep shots to Terry McLaurin, who was targeted seven times on deep passes, 20 plus air yards in week four the most deep targets by any player in a game in the next-gen stats era, which is since 2016. He had four receptions for 94 yards and two touchdowns on these passes. McLaren accounted for 74.505% of Washington football team's targeted air yards, the second-highest rate this season, those all courtesy of NFL next-gen stats by Zebra. Why does that happen? Why can you push the ball down the field? Why can you get the ball to McLaren and McKissick and uh, Adam Humphreys had a key first down to... All these guys, because you have more opportunity. And Thomas is a guy that helps create those opportunities as well as takes advantage of them. 
But I think the ultimate player, the reason you paid him $40 million, the way you, you the reason you paid that man his money is because Curtis Samuel is one of the best options in the league at that. And I think even with a small sample size, and it's not going to be every week, defenses will play differently, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying that this dude is Superman. I'm not saying he's the best wide receiver in the league. I'm just saying for what they're asking him to do, the amount of positive that you saw from Curtis Samuel on Sunday gives me a lot of hope for the next couple of weeks of this offense, even though the story of today is that Logan Thomas is hurt and he is also a big part of what they do. All right. When we come back, uh, Linnell, I just saw your text. We have a live read. Can you get that to me in the next five seconds or can we do it in the next segment? You tell me. Oh, you sent it to me. Okay. Radio on the fly. Can we get it? All right, there it is. Uh, this segment brought to you by Van Meter. Surprise to me, but I'm excited because at Van Meter, you're not just a home buyer with, with Van Meter. You're part of the family. These guys live in the homes they build and the communities they serve. Van Meter continues to set the bar for what it means to be a locally owned family business. Go to vanmeterhomes.com today and let their family build a home for yours. What a pleasant surprise. That's like a nice community feel to end the six o'clock hour. And we're going to start the 7 o'clock hour with Jason Anderson. And then we're going to have Logan Paulson. So we're just having a great time. It's overtime here on The Fan. Craig Hoffman with you on 106.7 Fan. Scheduled to be joined in just a moment by Jason Anderson for a quick visit. Uh, Jason is in Philadelphia tonight, or just outside of Philadelphia, in Chester, PA, for the resumption of the National Women's Soccer League schedule after they postponed games over the weekend Uh there's been so much that's happened over the last really two months in this league specific to the local team of the Washington spirit that's expanded on out to the rest of the league and kind of come back around where the, the most pressing story right now is the fact that last night, the players who were about to take the field uh, asked the majority owner, Steve Baldwin to sell his stake in the team. And with that uh, background, I bring in my, my friend, Jason Anderson on the BetQL guest line live from Subaru park, up in Pennsylvania. And, and Jason, I know we got to be quick because uh, kickoff's here in just a few minutes. But I, I would simply ask you this. like, What was your reaction to the letter last night? And at the end of the day, to, to kind of cut to the chase, like, do you think it ultimately will work? Uh, I would say my reaction was not entirely surprised. Uh, I had heard some rumblings that the, the players were looking to settle this maybe privately. Um, between them and Baldwin without going public. And, you know, yesterday he did resign as CEO and managing partner, but did not clarify the, the sale of the team. And at that point, I'm sure the players were, you could tell from the tone of the letter, they're, they're, they've had enough, and they they said what they said uh, when they talked to him, and so they, they reiterated publicly now that the trust is broken and that they believe he's got to go. Um, I will say that my impression from the club has always been that everyone there is player focused. And if the players are all making a request as one like this, I, I don't know that uh, there's any, any turning back from that. I, I don't know that the club can function under this, this setup as is. And I also don't think uh, given everything that transpired under uh, Richard Burke, that it should continue to function like this. Jason Anderson, Black and Red United is the website. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter as well. Great work, as always. His handle is it's Jason Soccer DC, right? I just want to make sure I get that. Jason DC Soccer. Uh, yeah, there you go. 
there we go. Jason DC soccer. Um, again, black and red United is the site. Um, the, the, what part of what makes this letter so interesting is it's not just a, you need to sell the team. Uh, there is another one of the, the majority or I guess equal share owner, although there's a designation in terms of controlling power that Steve Baldwin had. Michelle Kang, uh, is the other owner and the player specifically said, sell to her. Um, not to get to waste a bunch of time on like background information, but just so everybody understands, like those two have been butting heads, uh, and it very much seems like Steve would, it, even if he does sell, would not want to do sell to Michelle based off of all of the actions that have been taken so far. Hiring of Ben Olsen as the team president, the former DC United coach, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think ultimately that like that is going to happen in the way that the players want it, or do you think there's going to be, um, as has so often been the case uh, in many of these kinds of uh, disputes an unsatisfactory result as far as the players are concerned. Uh, that is that is the the big question because at this point uh, Baldwin's only real statement on it was his statement yesterday saying he was going to step aside in some roles but never saying anything about his ownership stake. Um, I believe Pablo Mauer from the Athletic reported that uh, Baldwin had at least named a price. Uh, his lawyers and Kang's lawyers are hashing that out. Um, so the fact that there is a price that's been named, regardless of whether it's inflated or not, is at least a starting point. It's progress from where things were, certainly. Uh, but I definitely don't expect it to be resolved that quickly. But there is pressure from the league who suspended the spirit from the governance matters uh, while they have to answer for their violations of uh, some, some league rules. So as of right now, I think the league will also be pressing for a speedy uh, resolution here. But I will say, you know, to cite some precedent, there have been some slow resolutions that in Utah, for example, resulted in that team moving to Kansas City. Now, I don't think the Spirit are going to leave uh, the area by any means, but I do think that things, as much as there are signs they might be speeding up, they might not be as fast as we want, but it it does kind of appear that there's not too many other outcomes. Eventually, it feels like uh, Michelle Kang will end up in charge uh, at this point. But this has been a winding road, and, and I'm definitely prepared for more surprises before we get to whatever the resolution will be. Yay, more surprises. Uh, based <laughs> off of uh, the background noise there and what is going on on my television in front of me, I'll make this the last question uh, in an effort to let you be back in your seat for kickoff. There's so much happening tonight with this game. Everything that we've just talked about is on the Washington side. This game is being played in Philadelphia because it is essentially a farewell for Carly Lloyd, uh, who plays for Gotham, their opponent tonight, normally based uh, in the New York side of New Jersey. Uh, what's the vibe in the stadium? Like, what, what do you expect tonight? And what have you seen already tonight? Uh, I've already seen um, the supporters group for Gotham has multiple signs, including one calling for Baldwin to sell and, and saying that they support the Spirits players, which is a, a big gesture on their part to the opposing team. Um, there are a lot of people here for Carly Lloyd. Make no mistake. Uh, this is definitely a huge night for her. So that's one element that you can't help but notice looking around the stadium. I believe they even had her uh, pick some of the pregame music. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, there is a lot on the line. It's also a huge game for the playoff chase, uh, you know, lost in all of this, uh, but rightly so because the matters that are going on with the Spirit uh, and the league as a whole are much larger than people kicking the ball. So there's a little – it's a little tense uh, because of that, because people want the league and this club to change and, and move in a better direction, which uh, I think the players are demanding it, and the, the players are – they deserve it. 
Jason, uh, appreciate the time, man. I know this has uh, been a wild couple of days for all of y'all who are doing such a great job on this story. So uh, keep at it, uh, but also take care of yourself and get some rest and, and, and try to enjoy the game tonight, too. <laughs> I'll do my best, Craig. Thanks very much. Jason Anderson at Jason DC Soccer on Twitter. The site is Red and Black United. If you are a local soccer fan and you are not following Jason for either Washington Spirit or for DCU or for anything that's going on with the national teams, uh, the men's World Cup qualifiers are coming up in, in just a few days. Uh, the women have some, some games on the national team side coming up. Uh, you are definitely missing out. Jason is fantastic and appreciate his time here on the radio. Um, and the, the few minutes we have left before we chat with Logan Paulson, um, like this story is, is definitely personal to me. And I talked about it a little bit over the weekend on Saturday, um, got into it a lot more on my podcast, um, because my co-host on, on my fitness podcast is a guy who's worked in that league as well. I worked in that league and a lot of the players who penned and signed that letter last night and posted it are people that I have either personal or professional relationships with like their friends or like people that I worked with and have a lot of respect for. And, um, I, I just, the thing that I can't get over is how remarkable it is on, on two fronts. One that we're here, the things that have happened in this league. And I, and I know Lori Lindsay, um, who's a DC, uh, area native and, um, played on the U S women's national team and is on the broadcast tonight for CBS. Um, talked about how normalized abusive behavior was across the three leagues that she played in, including the NWSL, the latest of the women's professional soccer leagues that's now around 10 years old, and how abusive behavior, um, to the extent that Paul Riley, the now former North Carolina coach, had sexually abusive behavior. Um, In the case of former Washington coach Richie Burke, someone who I worked with uh, and saw, you know, at practice and, and whatever, like, verbally abusive um it, like this was normalized and there's a lot of structural things that are a much deeper conversation to go into but at the end of the day the other remarkable part about it is like when pushed to the point that they tried to do all this stuff privately as jason just told us the players rose to the moment they have a list of things and you know we we so often hear about people demanding things i mean uh i mean if you want to go down to congress right now to make things even more fun like with the debt ceiling that, that like hey the the whole country could default or in contract negotiations and and you know whatever between team and player in in any league like we they demand this and like how often do people fold and at the end of the day like this group of women um many of whom are not even 25 years old didn't fold they rose and they were like no this is what we want and we could not be more clear so give it to us because we are the entity we have the power we're the commodity and uh we'll see how this story ultimately plays out Uh, when we get back logan paulson joins us to go into the tale of the tape what did he see from three key plays against the falcons that he thinks could carry over into this week against the saints and some bigger picture picture thoughts from Logan on both the Washington football offense and defense. That's all next. Craig Hoffman with you on the fan. It's overtime on 106.7. The 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Fan Craig Hoffman with you this evening and joining me now on the BetQL guest line is my co-host for the Washington football team pregame show weekends here on 106.7 The Fan, our first hour simulcast on the Team 980 as well, except for he's going on family vacation this weekend. So it's just your boy this weekend, but I wanted to make sure that I had a chance to chat with Logan, talk a little ball. It's Logan Paulson with us. Uh, LP, appreciate the time, man. Excited to, to take our favorite segment from the weekend and do it here in the middle of the week. Yeah, man, me too. It's it's a little unconventional, but we're making it work. So what we're going to do and what we do 11.15 typically on Sundays, and we're listening to the pregame show on Sunday, we're going to re-rack this because uh, I still think I, I want to have this in the show coming up this weekend. But what we do is we take three games from the previous week and break them down, go into the X's and O's, break down the tape, and then say, hey, this is how this might continue to affect uh, Washington moving forward and specific to that weekend's game. So we actually, for this week's edition of Tale of the Tape, have three consecutive plays from scrimmage. There's a two-point conversion in there, uh, I guess, in the middle of it. But two offensive plays, one defensive play that really changed the game in Washington's favor against Atlanta. So we start in is the fourth quarter, as you might imagine. 4.50 to go, third and nine. Taylor Heineke dropped back to pass. Third and nine at the 27. McKissick leaves the backfield, split out next to Seals-Jones. Three wide receivers to the right, and McLaurin is back on the field, standing at the 30-yard line. Snap to Heineke. Falcons break five. Flush Heineke out of the pocket. He turns back to McKissick, finds up at the 20, spins at the 20-yard line. It dives ahead to the 18. Deft move by McKissick that will get a first down for Washington. That was a move right there. I mean, he secures the catch. And as soon as he puts two feet on the ground, I mean, an instant spin move out of a tackle, out of a would-be tackle that would have left him short of the sticks. And, man, he's able to pick up that first down. Yeah, and so one of the things, the main thing I like about this play, you talk about the play design, you talk about the personnel grouping out of the field, all that kind of stuff. What I love is that, the Atlanta Falcons are in a um, kind of a pressure look, right? They're in a four down look and they have the Mike linebacker, the middle linebacker walked up basically over the center. And they have their will linebacker walked up over the left side of the offensive formation. They both look like they're going to blitz. It looks like they're going to bring pressure out of it. And instead of miking one of those players, 
Taylor Heineke points to the nickel player who's over the receiver, who's not even looking at him. He's way over the ball. And so when he points to him, he's directing the protection to incorporate that player. And so the, they're an empty. So the five offensive linemen now have the four down linemen mm. to the nickel player. And one of the things I love about it is nothing on film, no, no, no rotation, no body language, no nothing, no defensive line alignment tells you that he's blitzing. But when you watch the Tampa Bay game, for example, they run the same pressure against Tampa Bay a couple times. And what they're doing is they're run, they're, they're getting to cover two Tampa two through some rotation, right? And they so they drop those two linebackers out. The, the Mike runs to the middle of the field because he's got the Tampa two player and the other linebacker runs to the flat and they do bring the nickel player. So I love the wherewithal by him to study and the, the staff's ability to get him prepped to get this identified correctly. And then even that, because he, it's kind of late, they're late in the count, the, the O-line gives up a little bit of pressure. He scrambles to his right, sets up, and I love that he's got the composure. Uh, uh, Fowler is directly in his face. Yep, he's right on that, him. And to flip his hips and make that throw is ridiculous. Sets his feet, doesn't try to make some kind of crazy run out of, you know, off the run, kind of throw a, a crazy pass there. Sets his feet, delivers a nice ball. And then McKissick makes an outstanding catch and then makes the guy miss for the first down. Like everything had to go right on that play, starting pre-snap with identifying who, who was coming, who was blitzing. And then I think the, the fact that it's third nine, they need to get a touchdown here, right? You don't want to be going for a fourth and long here. I love that they were able to get that done. And it just shows to me kind of the maturation of Taylor Heineke. One of my criticisms of, of him against Buffalo was that he was having a hard time digesting like harder contours. Now, compared to what Buffalo was doing, this is not that, but it's more complicated than what the Giants were doing, for example. Sure. So good for, so good for him in his preparation, and it gets me fired up to think maybe this kid has, has more runway than people think. Yeah, definitely. And I, I cannot stress enough how good the mechanics are on this throw. And it's the kind of throw that you look at and you never are thinking of mechanics because it's this crazy athletic play where you're rolling, you're turning, but to get his hips turned and get enough behind the throw to get it to McKissick quickly enough that he has time to get his head around and then spin out of a tackle and spill over the first down marker. Like that all has to happen perfectly. And otherwise it's not a first down and it doesn't set up the next play, which uh, I think we've all watched a thousand times. Heineke under center play action. Runs out of time with Fowler, who's grabbing him, gets out of his tackle, throws it towards the center of the end zone. There's a fight for the ball, and McLaurin comes up with it! Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! What a play by Terry McLaurin! Yeah, so the next, yeah, so the next play I think is really interesting, because if you watch it on the All-22, obviously the tight end loses immediately. Bates, I love Bates. He had a really nice game blocking in line, but he loses to Fowler the second the ball is snapped, which is tough duty. And he's and, uh, and Heineke's getting pressure right away. He kind of scrambles to his right. And then he seemingly throws up a prayer, right? And, and Terry McLaurin kind of makes him right. But if you look at the L22, Terry McLaurin's open. So he's throwing it. When he throws the ball, Terry McLaurin is open. And so there's this 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 play is kind of twofold. One, I love that he's got this kind of ga like gaming gunslinger mentality. His eyes are down the field. He's always trying to make a play. And I love that the guy's open. I love that he's seeing the field in this really comprehensive way. I still wish, you know, like I said, it's a double-edged sword that it's there's a positive element to it, but also the fact that he's got to protect the football a little bit better, right? Like it's first down. You don't need to be superhero on this play. Like sometimes it's better to eat that football or run in a line of scrimmage or whatever and live to fight another day. Like it worked out in this case for for the right reasons. I, like when I first saw this play, I'm sure like you did, and it's sure like everybody home, you're like, 
don't do that. That's yeah, thank ridiculous. God for Terry McLaren. Yeah, but at least he was open at the at the beginning of the play, and obviously Terry made a great play on the ball. So I think he's seen the field. He's always trying to make a play. I love that kind of competitive streak in him, but also again at the same time, got to protect the football, got to know when when to be the hero. And it worked out here that you love it. You love the play by Terry, but again the. Yeah, athleticism in the backfield and and the I guess just the vision to see that is is pretty spectacular. Another thing that I like about this play is that he knows his personnel. At least I think I'm putting this on him. I'm giving him this credit, right? Do you right. make that play if that receiver is Deami Brown? I would hope not, right. because you don't trust Deami Brown to compete and doesn't have the same skill set. Like Deami is a much smaller frame. You know, if that is a contested jump ball situation, does he have the strength to battle through two defenders? Not in the way that Terry McLaurin does. And you just, there's a trust in Terry because he is some like superhuman level competitor. Like you play with a ton of dudes and you yourself, like to play in the NFL, you have to be an incredible competitor. There are just some guys in the NFL that are at a different level and Terry's one of those guys. It is a separator. It is one of the things that makes him great and makes him elite. And you just trust that in that kind of scenario, he's going to come down with that ball where maybe no one else on the roster you throw that up to because you don't have that kind of faith. And I love what you're saying there. Like maybe he's earned that opportunity. Terry has, you know, maybe right. over the course of his career, he's earned that competitive. This isn't a 50, 50 with Terry. It's actually, you know, right. 60, 40, 70, 30, something like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you are giving him a little bit of credit, but I, I don't, I don't mind it. You know, we're, we like, we're watching football team fans. So we can give them that every once in a while. So. Yeah. Without question. Then of course it was on the defense to get the ball back. And by the way, quickly, uh, as they don't get the two point conversion are still down, have to set Dustin Hopkins up with a chance to win it. And to get a great start on the first play of the next drive. On first down, Davis to the edge, loss on the play. Jonathan Allen with the tackle back at the 22. And watch number 90, Montez Sweat, just slip through this little crack on Pitts. Pitts has got to cover him down. He's really got to secure the edge right there, but Montez Sweat so quick off the edge. Pitts learning, hey man, to block these guys in the league. That's a serious task. Yeah, and I think this is something like everyone wants to kind of beat up on the defense. But what they needed to make a play on the previous on the on the drive prior, uh, they were able to get like a four and out, which is awesome. And I, you know, you could say that's conservative play calling. And then when they really got to have it, um, the defense was able to come through and make a stop. And it all started, in my opinion, with this first play by Montez Sweat and uh, Allen. And so one of the things I think is interesting is early in the early in the game, the Atlanta Falcons ran a similar uh, formation. Kyle Pitts is like in a really tight split, maybe five yards from the tackle on the left side of the formation, um, the defensive right. And then they have the fullback in a wing kind of in between the tackle and the tight end, Kyle Pitts. And earlier in the game, Pitts was able to pin sweat and they were able to get the fullback around and it would have been a really huge play. Um, but with a tackle like fell down or something, it didn't work out. So if I'm the play caller for Atlanta, I say, this is what, this was good for us. It was there. Let's call it again. Yeah. I think sweat recognizes it. He penetrates really nicely, bumps off the tackle, basically grabs the tackle, takes two blockers and lets Allen basically run free down the line of scrimmage because the back had to bubble so deep to get around it. Allen makes a great tackle on a guy, Mike Davis, who made a lot of people look silly, uh, you know, uh, over the weekend, which is credit to Mike Davis. Yeah. He's a good player. Makes a great tackle. It's second and 13, and now that now you're ahead of the game, right? You get this team out of being able to run their traditional four-minute offense. They did they, they passed uh, they threw a screen or something on third down, but they ran again on second down. You, you just got the you got your defense, you, you got the team in a good position to be successful on that set of downs. And it all started with a great diagnostic ability by sweat and then a great 
physical effort by Sweat to kind of take multiple blockers and totally destroy the run. And then credit to Allen for keeping his leverage on the block on Mayfield and then running like a deer and cutting off the running back before he get to the edge. So great job all around by the defensive group. And I think it kind of set the tone and gave the offense an opportunity to, to win the football. Logan Paulson going to stick with us here on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, when we get back with Logan, uh, some bigger picture thoughts on where this offense is right now and where this defense is right now. That's next. Craig Hoffman with you. This is Overtime. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.